We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Some days are better. Some content's better. I know. I get it. Uh, Today is one of those days where we do have some stuff to talk about. Yesterday, we barely got to talk about an NBA official basically criticizing what's going on with Hong Kong versus China. And China basically saying, nope. That ain't going to play here. Uh, we're going to pull all your NBA preseason games. Thus showing China what they are. They're a country that censors their people. To put politely. That's why companies like Google and uh, Microsoft have had problems working within the government's boundaries. Government's oversight. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Dick Sporting Goods destroyed $5 million of rifles. Ain't that interesting. Um, I do kind of feel that there's a big push right now to be politically correct and to be sustainable. You're seeing more and more companies hire chief sustainable officers. and uh, That can't be a bad thing. Dick Sporting Goods CEO said the company destroyed $5 million worth of assault rifles as part of its tough stance on guns. That's fascinating to me because when I think of a Dick Sporting Goods, I'm kind of thinking of a rural sports store that's more gun-friendly. Um, just call me crazy, but I'm slightly surprised by that. Uh, China State Media and Tencent have suspended broadcast of NBA preseason games in China. That doesn't make me feel terribly good if I had billions invested in China. Of which you could probably say China, uh, the NBA has put a lot of money into China. So, and they're looking for a return on investment. It's a country that loves their basketball. Um, 
it's a country with billions of people. So if 200 million spend two bucks each, which would be a small, you know, amount for a quote unquote fan, it would be pretty big. So you get the idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Do have one last seminar coming up. You'll probably hear more about it in the coming days and weeks. Um, stock market is running up against trade angst yet again. And I think the whole NBA situation is kind of showing us that China's not going to really play right now the game that we want them to play. The impetus for the weakness in the stock market today is news that the Department of Commerce has placed 19 Chinese governmental and eight commercial firms on what's called an entity list, citing their part in fostering human rights violations against Muslim ethnic minorities in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. It's not a large group of commercial companies, yet the timing of the announcement looms large because there's a delegation of Chinese in Washington, D.C. right now trying to hammer out a trade deal, and they have to call up their bosses and say, is this, can we continue to say this, or is this cool to, still to say this? Because like, that's a little bit of a, a bad timing situation. So the market's looking at the deal and trying to figure out the possibility of any quote-unquote good or quote, complete end quote deal gets worked out so we want kind of a complete and good deal so we can kind of say okay what's next there's a big earthquake in the bay area over the weekend three eight it's pretty big it's not huge but um that could have been the next thing maybe we had a trade deal with china and the country has to deal with a big earthquake in a major city we're going to have to move on at some point in time from this talking point, and it's been a long time. Larry Kudlow, who's with the White House, claimed China's mood seems to be a little bit better this week. That mood seems to have been soured in the latest reporting, though. So markets are pretty nasty ugly on the open today. And again, in no way, shape, or form should we take the trade issues as a signal to get all out of the market. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm hearing more and more people wanting to have that feeling, so to speak. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Boeing is reportedly experiencing a further delay in getting its 737 MAX flying again due to concerns registered by European regulators. They're trying. That's the positive in that message. Domino's Pizza posted disappointing third quarter results and tempered its long-term sales growth projections. And I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm on the older side of youth. And the DoorDashes, the Uber Eats, they're convenient as hell, right? Domino's Pizza used to be a convenience that on Friday nights when you got home from work, especially on the East Coast, it's, Friday night pizza is a thing on the East Coast. You get home from work, you kind of like putz around. You're like, I don't really want to get put, I want to put on my pajamas and like relax. Um, 
but now they've got competition and like you don't have to have $15 large cheese pizza or you know pepperoni pizza delivered you could have basically anyone bring it to you so Domino's Pizza it's changing as far as an investment thesis goes I no longer even care about it until the door dashes and the Uber Eats go out of business Domino's Pizza doesn't have anything unique food delivery is not unique anymore General Motors is dragging on this UAW strike. Boy, that's just not good. Now we're going to start seeing some unemployment numbers tick up because General Motors is starting to put people on, like, letting them go. So in the coming weeks, as we report that first time unemployment claims, we should those see those tick a little higher. But then down the uh, road, the Friday employment report should tick a little bit higher. Should. Doesn't mean it will. Trump administration still considering the idea of restricting U.S. investment in China and kind of vice versa. I've heard a lot of pension funds now are being told you can't invest in a set amount of Chinese companies. Okay. Treasury market's taking the news in stride today. Two-year Treasury note which was already moving lower due to the trade angst, is currently down to 1.42%. So, lots going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. The markets opened lower, and they continued to go lower. Now, we're talking to the tune of about 300 points on the Dow, about 100 points on the NASDAQ, and about 38 points on the S&P 500. The volatility that we've seen recently tends not to rear its ugly head volatility and then just go away. It tends to stick around and be a, a, a harbinger of things to come. Not necessarily the end of it itself. It isn't the volatility. It's a harbinger of things to come. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Find me online at robblackshow.com We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. I think the big story today is China and pulling the plug on the NBA's preseason games. Who knows how long that lasts? But again, it kind of shows you that one of the big problems with doing business is the NBA will turn their head towards totalitarian dictators for the almighty dollar. And uh, I don't blame them. So I'm not telling anyone how to do their business, so to speak. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. We can talk credit cards. We can talk dominoes and the changing demographics and the changing trends. Um, 
targets in the news. They're going to be powering the Toys R Us Christmas Experience website. Target's doing a lot of things right right now. I can't say that I've thought about this enough to really commit to it, but it seems to be one of the hottest and coldest stocks, hottest and coldest uh, executors that I've ever seen. Awesome. Shopping at Target's now more rewarding for all shoppers. Days after shopping at Target and some locations became more magical because of a new Disney store openings. Um, a store inside the store. You heard Ron Johnson aggressively try to do that. He was one of the founders of the Apple Store concept. Went on to become Target CEO, not Target CEO, but J.C. Penney's CEO to try to save the company. And one of the big trends right now is stores inside of stores. So like a Wrangler store for denim jeans inside of a Macy's. Or if you go to a Best Buy, you'll see a Samsung store, an Apple store. You'll see a lot of little kiosks that they're paying for the right to be there. So Disney's opened up a store inside of Target. Um, Now Target's coming out with a new loyalty program. And loyalty programs and subscriptions are kind of the rage right now. I got a email the other day from uh, DoorDash that asked if I wanted to join up a program that would basically a subscription for delivery. Therefore, I wouldn't have to pay delivery fees every single time. I'm like, okay, how many times do I have to use this to like earn it? How many times do I have to have delivery from DoorDash? And am I doing that currently? And the answer was yes. So it's pretty cheap, all things considered. But that's a thing right now. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Wall Street loves subscriptions right now. Um, recession or not recession? I think that seems to be a big question that everyone has for me right now, and they. They seem to think of it as negative, and I tend to not. Last week's stock market sell-off abated on Friday, but it's picking back up today. Now, we're within 5% of all-time highs. You can't be freaked out by that. What do you it's nuts? Just the numbers are bigger because as we grow from you know, Dow 12,000 to Dow 13,000, 100 points doesn't it's much more exponentially powerful down there than at 25,000. So we started seeing 200 point moves and we're like, Oh Jesus, man, I, that just feels really bizarre. It's like, that's, that's a lot. I, I, I don't, I, Oh boy. So we're getting a little freaked out by the big ground numbers. The supply management's purchasing index. It's been around since 1948. It's something that we're paying attention to right now. Um, some of the numbers inside the servicing index and the supply manu- management's purchasing index are a little bit on the negative. There's been some declines. And you look at it as a trend on a three-month basis and you go, ooh, it's slowing. You look at it on a six-month basis and you say it's falling. So we're starting to look at some data, economic data that leads to the real world news of the world slowing and thus the United States can caught up in that versus can we break free of it? 
Initial jobless claims is one of the more important ones for me. It reflects the health of the labor market. It tends to move before the official unemployment rates rise. Keep in mind, you're doing the first Friday of each month to see the employment rates. And you're looking at wages. You're looking at a couple hours, work, work, or week, hourly work week hours. Um, but the unemployment rate comes out the first Thursday. No, 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 every Thursday, first time unemployment claims. When you start seeing that trend higher, that's going to be a sign that unemployment's going to change. Rates have remained incredibly low. Um, consumer confidence and manufacturing data. We're seeing consumer confidence slow, lower, and we're seeing manufacturing data slow. So the only thing that's really positive out of those three indicators right now are first-time unemployment claims. They're still fairly positive, although we've seen some lumpiness. So do I think a recession is going to happen? If I were to be an honest person, I, I think there will be one sometime in 2020, 2021. Um, unless Trump pulls off a market deal with China and the whole world breathes a sigh of relief. Um, that's the only thing I could see really averting it. Earnings just don't look that great. So I think companies are going to start, you know, scaling back their employees. And that should lead to more unemployment, which should lead to less economic activity, which should lead to weaker stocks. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, AT&T is a stock that's been in the news recently. A lot of people want to see them cut costs aggressively and that there's a lot of um, room for them to cut. So as an activist investor, as someone who says, I want the stock to go higher, the best way to do that, not the best way. Sometimes it's easiest to point the finger to let's fire people versus let's grow our way out of it. So AT&T's costly acquisition strategies management um, it's kind of left them up to potentially you know, uh, doing a job cut, and that would move the stock higher. Reason to own the stock? I don't. I don't know. That's a tough one. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to each calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. Um, low mortgage rates still definitively helping out the housing market. And I got into a conversation the other day with someone, should he buy a house now? And he's looking at some kind of fringe areas. So I think, you know, up in Napa, but not Napa. And I said, well, in 30 years, you're going to love your mortgage rate. But in the next three years, you may hate the price you paid. Could you get a better price with a higher mortgage rate? Yeah. So it's more cost over time. Yeah. I would buy what you could afford. Never time market, unless you're down to your last three or four years. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back in, Rob Black, getting your money. I'm Rob Black, trying to get you to retirement, trying to get you to focus on financial issues that may or may affect your ability to get retirement. Um, one of them are market corrections and recessions and dealing with them and getting through them. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare to take a look at the markets and the economy. That's one of the things that briefing.com does so well. It's all-encompassing views of domestic and international markets. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Nice to be back with you. Yeah, it's good to, good to work, so to speak, together. Um, markets kind of going through a little bit of a, a October thing, where September was a setup of a lot of volatility. What's the move, or what's the break that's October going to do? Are we going to hit the new highs, or are we going to pull back? What's your tea leaves telling us, Mr. O'Hare? Well, you know, I think what what's telling us right now is that this market is bothered by this uh, idea that it's not going to hear anything <clears throat> truly constructive coming out of these trade uh, negotiations in Washington this week, and uh, and so you've seen a you know natural pullback based off of headlines that have run this morning and yesterday that kind of. You know, suggests that uh, China's not on board with doing a, quote, complete deal, <clears throat> excuse me, which uh, President Trump is in favor of. Uh, and then at the same time, with last night news that the Department of Commerce has placed um, 28 uh, or 19 Chinese governmental and, and uh, uh, eight uh, Chinese uh, commercial firms on its entity list, you know, it just kind of set a uh, a bad tone, if you will, right in front of these trade negotiations. And so it's not really a, a, a good sense of conviction in the market at the moment that you're going to get a, a, a deal out, out this week that's of any consequence. And therefore, uh, uh, you're seeing a markdown in stock prices based on this idea that economic growth and earnings growth estimates could uh, could be challenged by the continued uncertainty on the trade front as well as the uh, escalation in the tariff rates. Is that, what is your sense of what's happening worldwide? We hear stories that Europe is weak, weaker than it looks per se. And that's kind of an interesting thought than it looks that, you know, most of the world is slowing down and as the world slow down, they all slow down together. Do you think the U.S. is getting caught up in this, or do you think uh, we've got enough zest and, and zing to run it on our own for a while until the global economy starts to pick back up? Well, certainly it is getting caught up in it. Um, you know, it's a global economy, and you do have you know plenty of U.S. companies that do business abroad, and and uh, you know sales and earnings are going to be affected by the slowdown you're seeing unfolding both in uh, in Europe and in Asia. Uh, and, uh, and it's, you know, been most pronounced in the, uh, in the manufacturing sector. Now, that accounts for a relatively small portion of the overall U.S. economy, but, um, but it does bleed through, uh, and bleed over to the United States. And, um, you know, and, and I think that, uh, with, when you've got these big headlines looming out there about trade matters, it, it does start to weigh on consumer confidence, and and uh, you know, and and it, it does create maybe some concerns about you know job security that, uh, that that might drive the U.S. consumer to pull back a little bit. So, so you've certainly seen a slowdown in growth in the United States for a variety of factors, not just trade, but really just in terms of, I, I think, you know, you're seeing a maturing of this, this 
economic expansion. And um, but um, you know, but ultimately, I think it's inescapable in this day and age, uh, you know, to exist in a in a bubble when uh, a good chunk of the global economy is is uh, you know hardly growing at all, if at all. I see one of the side stories out there today, and I call it a side story because it probably doesn't impact the stock itself, but Boeing's taking a $20 million stake in Virgin Galactic with a vision of commercial hypersonic travel. So stay with me on this one. In your page one this morning, you talk about Boeing reportedly getting some 737 MAX flying delays due to the European regulators kind of eyeballing everything. Is Boeing a no-brainer in your mind that when all is said and done with paying the price for their accidents, when getting international approval to fly safely again, the 737 MAX, is that the type of stock that you think will have a good one, two, three year run? Or is it too obvious? If I know that, then everyone knows that per se. Well, you know, it certainly has a, a competitive moat. Um, that, you know, bodes well for its longer-term prospects. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, negative attention right now on Boeing, and, and for understandable reasons with the issues surrounding the 737 MAX. But, um, you know, I do think that, uh, you know, a lot of that news is, uh, you know, known, and it's been reflected in the stock price. And you've actually seen the stock, you know, perform reasonably well in, in more recent weeks, think the market gets more comfortable that the 737 MAX will, you know, uh, eventually get resolved and, and get back into production and, and back flying again. And then that will ideally, you know, translate into improved cash flow for Boeing. And then, um, but, you know, um, given, you know, demographics and, and the increasing growth of the middle class around the world, and just, you're going to see, obviously, continued strong demand for, for airplanes. And, uh, and that obviously fits right into uh, Boeing's wheelhouse. And, uh, and then if you look, you know, truly on a long-term horizon with space being the next frontier, uh, there's huge um, uh, return potential there for for many companies, and I think Boeing's going to be probably in the middle of that as well as it looks to capitalize on the uh, commercial exploration of space. Is there anything else that you're working on right now, Mr. Patrick O'Hare at Reefing.com, that you think we should be paying attention to? I highlighted a little bit about your Domino's Pizza disappointing as now everyone's doing delivery. Um, is there anything that you're working on that, that needs to be brought to our attention? Well, listeners need to be, you know, cognizant that we're about ready to enter a, a earnings reporting period. Uh, the third quarter period is going to um, start to unfold in, in earnest fashion, um, you know, in a couple weeks' time, and and we're on track right now, according to FactSet uh, FactSet consensus estimates for the third straight year-over-year decline in quarterly earnings. Uh, and uh, and and I think you know what we really need to be paying attention to this reporting period is you're going to start hearing you know 2020 guidance and uh, and you'll get a good a better picture anyway of just how much the trade uncertainty and global growth issues are starting to to bleed over to U.S. companies. So we need to pay close attention to that. Sounds good. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Always insightful. Always good information. I start my day each and every day at page one at briefing.com. Hopefully you get a chance to check out the site. 
It's not a free one, uh, but I think it's well worth every penny if you're going to be following the markets like I do. I think it's a wonderful tool for the professional as well as the trader who wants to do it themselves. When I say trader, I probably should say investor. So markets are lower on waning trade expectations right now. Uh, Sell-off is gaining some steam. We've seen volatility really start to pick up in the markets. And when it tends to do that, we may be right back to where we started a week from now. But that doesn't mean that volatility wasn't telling us something. Maybe it takes a little bit longer to play out than it should. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Wendy's is in the news today. Um, they're spending a crazy amount of money trying to challenge McDonald's egg McMuffin. Last month, didn't it feel like all the fast food stories were really about chicken? And this month, it's a little bit different angle. So there's constant PR machine of trying to get you in to their stores to try to say something new. Uh, the McRib being reintroduced is a gimmick to get you in. You probably wouldn't eat the McRib sandwich year-round. You'd probably eat it nostalgically once a year. And they want to get you that one time. So Cowan, a big research firm today, is looking at McDonald's. And they're saying that Wendy's is going to try to compete with McDonald's. And they're lowering their expectations for the stock of Wendy's due to the fact that it's going to be expensive to try to hire 20,000 workers in a very tight labor market with very low training. They're going to have to train them, though. Um, and they're going to have to aggressively market the breakfast. But they want to go after that McChicken sandwich. <laughs> Not McChicken. McEgg McMuffin. Thank you. Thank you. I've, I've had some trauma to my head today. I'm exhausted. There's something wrong with me. I've maybe had too much cough syrup. Um, but yeah, Wendy's is going to spend basically half a billion dollars to try to you know compete with McDonald's. And they're doing coffee rollouts as well. They're doing ice drink uh, Frosty Chino, which is a Wendy's Frosty mixed with coffee. <coughs> Gross. Um, it's just too much. Ah! But um, ever since Wendy's announced they're going to try to take on McDonald's and breakfast, you've seen Wendy's stock get hit. Again, it takes money to make money, but some people are saying, you ain't going to compete with these guys. They already got the trick down. We'll see. I don't know. So I don't make predictions like that. All I can tell you is that McDonald's is the incumbent, the champion, for a reason. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I try to stay on the edge of trends. If I could start seeing them moving in the right direction for us, I try to talk more about them. Something we've been talking about for the better part of four or five months passively after the big announcement, which was aggressive, is Libra Association and Facebook. PayPal holding withdrew from Libra Association, and the Libra Association is the association that's being tasked with overseeing Facebook's embattled cryptocurrency project, which has a lot of Congress people and political people, Washingtonians, licking their lips at how can we regulate this. So Bitcoin is kind of stayed a loser. It's had its day here and there, but it's not it's not rubbing us raw in a good way. It's rubbing us raw in a bad way. PayPal became the first to leave the project, which now has twenty seven members, but it was just one of several companies said to be wavering in its commitment. Will there be a larger harbinger or a bigger deflect defection? Um, defection. Fact, fact, fact. Infection. Defection. Um, for some reason, that word's just tough for me to think about. MasterCard, Visa, or Stripe. For all payment companies, they've been reconsidering their role in the association, too. In large part, as Libra and Facebook get caught up in regulators' crosshairs, Companies like Visa, MasterCard, Stripe, and PayPal don't want to get collateral damage when a grenade's being thrown at Facebook to take them on with more regulation or anything along those lines. Facebook's calling on its member organizations to step up their back into the project next week in Geneva. Members will convene to review a charter for the association and appoint a board of directors. So this is kind of starting to happen, but it's also kind of starting to fall apart. Facebook is in a lonelier place than it wants to be with regard to Libra because they kind of want to say, we're going to have the stable coin. It's going to buy some U.S. currencies. At least we know that. But we kind of need support of other people so we don't look like a big evil company that are trying to control everything you. When PayPal basically voted to take their finger like off the project... Um, the association, the Libra Association, kind of slammed them. I don't know how I feel about that. I went to see a concert recently where the band was making fun of the girl in the front row who's singing all the wrong lyrics. And the guy over here who's dancing like he's got you know fleas on his body, and it's distracting me. I don't know if I like bashing your partners. I mean, isn't a band's partner the audience? And isn't Facebook's partner, or Libra's partner in this case, PayPal? And they basically said, you know, it requires a certain boldness and fortitude to take an endeavor on as ambitious Libra. And ultimately, if you lack commitment, leave now rather than later. Um, interesting, right? What other companies want out? What other companies are willing to say that they want out? There's a CEO, Masayoshi-san from SoftBank. He's made some 
downright horrible mistakes with some of the companies like WeWork he's invested in. Robinhood disrupted the brokerage market pretty aggressively by offering free trades linked to a bank account. And now TD Ameritrade and Schwab have kind of followed suit. Well, now um, Robinhood wants to offer a high-yield savings account, 1.8%, which is pretty high-yield in an environment where there's you know, 10 basis points at your bank. But that's where some of these smaller apps are running into some traction is getting their banking license and being able to um, show the gumption. I set up an Acorns account not too long ago, and I'm not trying to replace my retirement funding. I'm trying to supplement it. So my retirement is maxing out my 401k uh, with a catch-up contribution, and that's my retirement plus my business and other things along those lines. It's not going to be a cute Acorns account, but Acorns is okay. What I will say about Acorns account is their paperwork is lacking. So I passed on the setting up a Roth IRA or anything like that. I don't want a retirement plan set up them because I want better paperwork. Um, but a savings account that has an investment component, I'm fine with. They too, Acorns are, are announcing a, a high yield cash option, which isn't bad for emergency cash. I heard a really funny concept the other day, and I don't think it's a horrible idea, but it's the idea of using your rewards as an emergency savings account. I, I, I don't dislike that. I don't necessarily say that's the best way to go about it, but it's not bad to me. Having an emergency fund of credit card points has saved people thousands of dollars in the past. Your emergency fund, sometimes it might be to fly home to see mom who's had a stroke. So having the miles isn't a bad idea. But some people uh, take points a little too seriously. They tend to spend a little bit too much uh, that they typically wouldn't have. I'm a Helton points person. I've got a travel card. I've got a rewards cash card for everything else. Um, I'm all about the points, but I kind of like the idea of some people saying, you know, like, for instance, I got a double cash back Citibank card. Um, every year I get about $6,000, $7,000 cash back. Now I could use it towards my purchases. Not a bad way of going about it. Or I could keep it in there as points. Downside about that is Citibank at any point in time could say those points are not penny, one point for one penny. They could say those points are now half a penny for points. So that's the problem with using it as an emergency fund. But I kind of like the ideas. Kind of, I like novel approaches. I'm more novel than war and peace. You hear me? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. And I'm glad you do. Now you turn me into such a fool.